I have not arrived, but I'm not late. Jasmine DeWeese. You have to put my government on. (laughs) (laughs) What? Hey guys, you're now tuned into another episode of Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her. Episode three, you guys. And we titled this, I have not arrived, yet I am not late. So before we get started, you guys, I want to make sure that you guys subscribe, leave a comment if you like it, you enjoy it, share it with a friend, and please leave us a review. So Patty, um, what does that quote mean for you? Like, if you haven't arrived, but yet you're not late, what does that mean? Like, how does how do you feel about that? Okay, so... When you wrote that blog, okay, I just want you to know it blessed my entire life. <laughs> and if you want to know what blog I'm talking about, you got to subscribe. Anyway. Um, <laughs> nice plug. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I that. speak. Okay. Empowerment. Empowerment. Okay. Boom. <laughs> so um, when you wrote that blog post, <laughs> when you wrote that blog post, right, um, it resonated so much with me because of when... Looking at where I am in life, mm-hmm. if I compared it to the people around me, right, I would feel like I'm late. Mm. And that would definitely just take away from my process. Like I would definitely be doing myself a disservice. Mm. So I have not arrived yet, meaning I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not late, meaning I'm on my way to where I mm. want to be. And the funny thing about that is... First of all, I am, I think, um, getting with my husband made me this way. I am particular about time. And it's like almost a disrespect when you're not on time. Oh, my God. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do not take that literal for time. It is metaphorical. Let's be specific. literal to people. Because if you have not arrived for your 9 a.m. interview, baby, you are late. Okay? So that's number one. Number two (laughs) is that it's funny that you said that you know that whole comparison thing. And that's where our entire theme of the show came from in the first place you know what i'm saying it's eating with someone um being in communion with them and in union with them rather than competing with them comparing your life to them um but it's funny because when i first um started dating uh brandon we we were dating differently i guess you could say and i was around some people who were like five to eight years older Somewhere between their age mm-hmm. I was working with them And the funny thing about it The place they were in their lives Made them feel like they were late mm. And I've always saw this Like around a certain age for a woman If she hasn't gotten to a certain place Gotten certain things I haven't had that baby I haven't had um had a decent relationship And or been married Um, I don't have my dream career where we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We're right. like, oh my, like I'm definitely late to the party. Like, oh my God, people have four or five kids by this age, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, cause that's the culture, you know what I'm saying, that we come from. So I do understand that um kind of idealism of feeling like you're late. 
And I think that's where it came from and kind of um, the story but behind that quote that sometimes we need to affirm in our lives um, things that people don't normally say to us. Like, Absolutely. because for the most part, if you're in certain cultures, let's be real. The church culture, if you are dating someone past a certain level of time, they are all but at... Um, the altar so at the you. altar they is at um, <laughs> what's the what's the jewelry stores out there at Dale's. Jared's picking out your ring in your yeah. dress for you okay so like, it's a lot of pressure that boy? three years <laughs> what are you waiting for he don't know what he wants exactly, to do exactly exactly like, so uh, it is it's pressures on every end we want to act like it's just pressure with our friends because a girl got found her a good one or this one been in a long relationship, but it's pressures in every arena, in every different kind of culture. And it's not necessarily on purpose. It's just how it is. Like the way people did it back in the day is not the way it's done now. The way people are doing it now is not going to be the way it's going to be done in the future. You get what I'm saying? So um, there, there are a lot of pressures. So sometimes you need to affirm in your life that although I haven't arrived at this particular place, one, let's be real. God may not have your story to directly resemble homegirl next to you. And it's not supposed to. Exactly. But that doesn't make you late because she got it first. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And just because she got it first, don't use that as an opportunity to say you can't get it done. Use it as an opportunity to say, all right, she did it. Now I know it's possible. Yeah, be empowered by it. Exactly. Yeah, being powered by it instead of discouraging and comparing and all these other things. Right. So the first question is like, how are you measuring your own growth in life? How do you measure your growth in life? Are you measuring it by looking at the person next to you and using that as a... What is the word I'm looking for? Using like it tool. as like a tool mm-hmm. to get you to where you need to get or you use it as a way to just stay stagnant. Like, you know what? I'm not even supposed to be where I'm supposed to be. So mm. I'm just going to be like complacent. I think I, I think that that changes um, if you evolve. Like if mm. you're in a position to allow yourself to evolve in a certain way, mm. it will change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a child, um, the way I measured myself it really depend on who was pouring into me. Like someone like the, like a lot of times different adults was pouring into me and it wasn't always good. Like someone would compare me to this cousin over the year or, or compare me, um, whatever I was doing to my, my grades, to my siblings grades mm-hmm. and, uh, my accomplishments to a cousin who I haven't seen in years and a, a friend who's down the street. Like at the end of the day, what I was called to do and how I was called to do it, the, the things I have a, a strength in and a weakness in is not the same as someone else. And, um, but as a child developing, you have to fight through that sometimes because if you have an adult, you are prone to agree with and, um, take heed to everything an adult says. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I think that's one thing I do thank God for in my parents mm-hmm. is because they allowed our failures to be our failures mm-hmm. and they allowed our successes to be our successes. And what my sisters were successful in, mm-hmm. they didn't deem that to be, okay, now your sister did it, so you got to do right, it. Right, right. You know, they actually allow us to create our own path. Now, that has its pros and cons to it, mm-hmm. but I do thank God that they did allow us in that sense to not, you know, compare ourselves to what 
other people may think that, you know, this, you should be doing this or you should be doing it. They kind of let us grow into our own thing, like come into mm-hmm. our own selves. But I think that I've always had tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to play basketball and I literally didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. So much so that my junior year, I fell two classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a funny thing about that, I had so much tunnel vision that when I decided to quit, first of all, it was a pure shock to everybody, um, except for the coach. He cared nothing about me. Um, <laughs> it was a shock to all Doom of my family. To your life. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shock to everybody. And they were like, you know, why would you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Because one, I knew that if I was going to be drafted, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, into like playing on a college level, that would have already been in the works. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Two, I knew that if I, I never thought about college as it pertained to education mm-hmm. outside of basketball. So mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to begin to think that way and get tunnel vision in another direction because I was selling myself into nothing and having no future. So again, I had to shift gears and get tunnel vision in another direction mm-hmm. that goes to my guidance counselor and he like, look, bro, um, you need to just go to the community college. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do well out here in these streets. Um, but, um, yeah, let me know if you want to apply. Like, and mm. I'm like, oh, word, bro. Like, I got into every single school I applied to. At the end of the day, I had tunnel vision outside of the fact that my measuring tools weren't, um, I don't know if they were, like, appropriate. Like, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if the word that I'm using is right, but my measuring to- tools weren't up to the standard. So... I took it upon myself to go another route. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah. So measuring, like, you say your measuring tools is off. So do you think that your expectations for yourself in that moment were realistic? Because that's another thing of, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm not late. Like, are your expectations for yourself realistic? Um, That's a complex question. Um, Then... I didn't have, like I said, I had tunnel vision. Mm. My expectations for myself were solely around what I wanted. Like, if I want a thing, I'm going for it. I'm plunged in head first, despite whatever. And like I said, I sacrificed my schoolwork. And the crazy thing is I'm the opposite because I will weigh all the options to talk myself out of it. (laughs) And that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't even really realize I was like that when I was younger. Um, but my expectations of myself were just based solely upon what was going on then. Like I'm literally, we were just talking about this earlier. I'm literally a different person. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. Like my drive is the same and my perseverance and my push and all of that. But I'm literally a different person. Like my expectations of myself are changing, are, it, it is shifting. Um, but I don't think that my expectations of myself are are not realistic because I just went through a lot of different things in my life where I did a lot of self-reflection and I got, I got close with God in, in a way where I allowed him to, to really be in the details. You know what I'm saying? Like to really, it's one thing to be like, <clears throat> be like, yo God, I trust you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, for whatever group you with or crowd mm-hmm. you with or church function you at, but 
to honestly allow him in the fabric of the details of what's going on. It's like, oh God, I want this house, but every time I go look at one, I ain't never prayed on my way there. Mm. I ain't never asked you what what decision to make. That's the the details. That's the fabric. And for me, I'm letting God, I'm in a, a, a newer, renewed place of letting him in the fabric. So for me, my expectations of myself um, is shifting to meet God's expectations of me because I just feel like I can't do anything with my own expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to get to that place. Like it took some time. Like, cause I had warped expectations of myself without being equipped with the tools to do what I needed to do to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Like they're there. I felt like expectations of yourself is like swimming with little training of swimming to the end of the ocean. You ain't got no training to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to appropriately do it. Mm-hmm. And you telling me you're trying to make it to the end of the ocean. And then where does the ocean truly end? Right? Because mm-hmm. you all you see is like, oh my God, I feel like I've been swimming for two hours. You've mm-hmm. been paddling for three minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you you ain't been doing nothing. Like, and meanwhile, got up there like, well, I had a boat. If, come on now. You, you exactly. Know? Exactly. You, know, you so, ain't even had to go this route. Exactly. Because that's when you match your expectations up with his exactly. in an effort to be equipped appropriately to move in the directions that he would have you to move, which will essentially bring you all back to probably what you wanted in the first place. And if it wasn't what you wanted, it wasn't for you as best as what he wanted for you. You just gave <laughs> a whole sermon right there. I just want you to know that, okay? Like, so, that just resonated with me so much because I was listening to Kiara Shear. Shout out to you, girl. Um, <laughs> she was just like that. When you want God's desires... Mm-hmm they will turn out to be what the desires you have for Mm. yourself in the beginning. Uh, So you might as well just do it his way to avoid everything else that is like, listen, I'm sick of helping the devil out Mm. with (laughs) bringing me down. Okay. That's a word. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you know what? I've I've got to the point where like turning 30, Mm. I've gotten to the point where, you know what? God, you got all of it. Like, the good, the bad, the crazy part of me, because you mm-hmm. know it's the part in me. Cool, girl. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you you have all of that. You deal with all of that. Uh-huh. And you change it, you mold it, you right. do what you need to do with that. Because I've been trying for the past 29 years to do it on my own. <laughs> and you know, some people would be like, you know, I've been saved since the womb. No, I've been raised in church. You know what I'm saying? Since but the I feel like I was just telling Mikey this Go other day. I, that, I've definitely knew of God, mm-hmm. but I didn't know him. Mm. And in this point in my life, I am really getting to know him in the most intricate ways in my life, mm. points in my life, um, and trusting him with the most small, the smallest details, mm-hmm. because at the end, it's like the smallest details that make the bigger picture work. The ripple effect right. on your life in the first place. Right. And, and, and it's funny that you said that because I was literally talking to someone too, this week, I believe it was Sunday, and um, what you were saying about Kiki? That our desires will turn out to yes. be his desires. Because that, this this really wasn't supposed to go this route, you guys. Oh, this is really interesting. <laughs> but I was talking to somebody, and I was just like, it was talking about the scripture, talking about it, you know, delighting yourself in God. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was thinking about that some years ago, and I was just like, you know, we we want to get to the end, um, right? Because it's delight yourself in God, comma. 
or he'll give you desires of heart. Uh-huh. Like we be just like, God give me gonna the give desires, me desires of my heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> he got me though. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if you delight yourself in him, you can't. You don't have to worry about. Um, what it is you asking for. Right. Because you are delighting yourself in him. You spending that time with him. You get intimate with him. Like if you sitting there spending time with your husband and y'all vibing, what you want is not a factor anymore mm-hmm. because it's what y'all want. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, um, I want a whole, I want a um, motorcycle, but, but, but you, you six months pregnant, boo. Like mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really understand how you trying to get that because it doesn't make sense. But if right. you, when the two become one, if you become one with God, mm-hmm. you are delighting yourself with him, with the desires that he gave you in the first place. Exactly. But back to that point you was talking about, about turning 30, you are approaching 30, right? You old, you like 30 already. <laughs> she just called me Shout old, out to Brandon yeah. because... <laughs> You know, he date them older women, okay? <laughs> Let him tell it, okay? Your okay. mama and my mama was wobbling at the same time, bro. Yeah. But journeying to 30, uh, probably this was probably one of the most reflective birthdays for me. I just turned 30. Happy and, birthday to you. <laughs> and uh, Miss Patty over here is about to turn 30. I am. What, I am. What's your thought process with that as it pertains to like anything? Like what were the, your initial thoughts? Because it's a, for me, it was really reflective. It, it mm-hmm. was probably the most birthday that I was able to sit and reflect on where I am, where I want to be, where God has me and what he wants for me. So what about you? Where, where, where are you with that? 30 for me is time for Patty. Time for Patty. And what I say that is because I've spent a lot of time um, pouring into so many people. And I've always placed people above me and did things that, you know, made sure everybody around me was good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just kept a little bit for myself. Mm. And in return, you know... I wasn't, I'm still at 30. I haven't, I'm not late though. Remember <laughs> that. Um, I'm getting to a point where I'm learning what makes me happy, what doesn't make me happy, mm-hmm. doing the things that really mean something to me and understanding how important it is to really fall in love with yourself, get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And in that time, you know, really getting to know God and just really being happy. So 30 is a selfish time for me, but it's not like bad. That's it all. It's not bad. Sometimes you got to get there. Um, right. Absolutely. So for me, it's really keeping the people around that I really want around. Like it's no more like you around cause you know, you know me from church or something like that, you know, <laughs> we grew up. Together. Right. Exactly. It's going to be like, are you adding to my life? Are you pouring into me? Are you um, <clears throat> just, just a conduit of mm. what I need in those mm. moments, you know, and it is, it's going to be a selfish time for me, but it's going to be the best time for me to really get to where I need to get. Mm. So 30, that's, that's me entering 30, like really redefining who I am. I mean, I've started it already. Some of you may know, you may not know I had surgery um, mm-hmm. last year and that was just the beginning point of just me redefining who I am, getting myself in a healthier place 
physically and now I'm doing it financially, mentally, spiritually Mm -hmm. so that I am like whole and be able to, you know, just handle whatever God has coming for me because I know he got something big, you know what I'm saying? And I don't want to get the blessing and lose it because I'm not prepared. So that's that's interesting because even at the top of the year, um, top of the year, Patricia and I, we went to Vegas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> First of all, I don't know what she's talking about when she says, oh, Lord. It was a good Christian time. Happens in Vegas, had. stays in Vegas, okay? <laughs> it's a good Christian time. Um, <laughs> um, but then we came back, and it was Lent season. Now, oh yeah, Lent season happened, and we talked about it, about doing a, a Lent fast. Mm-hmm. Now... At first, I'm like, I'm not even sh- like, I'm not. Oh, Lent is forty um some odd days. Like, <laughs> you mean like and, all of that time? And I always wanted to do Lent, but me I too. Always, like, I never remembered the yeah, time frame. And when it was time I, for me to remember, it was like, it was like four or thirty five days. days. <laughs> I wasn't that bad, but <laughs> I always want to start when it's that start. Exactly. So we ended up doing a um a Lent fast, mm-hmm. and we did it. We we did it together. And the interesting part about that, that was the actual beginning for my own personal transition into um, what what it is that I was supposed to be. And I, and I do feel like I'm not the fully blossomed flower, per se, but it began at the top of this year. And for me, I feel like I has such a sense of humor because some of the things that transpired this year wasn't on the Jasmine agenda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, bro, I didn't, didn't have that. Didn't yeah, have girl. that. <laughs> no, not that no. one either. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we turn in 30, right? And Theodore Roosevelt said it the best. He said, the only time you really live fully is from 30 to 60. The young are slave to dreams the old servants of regret. Only the middle age have all their five senses in the keeping of their wits. <laughs> so we just waking up, girl. <laughs> we just getting up. Wake up. Woke-ish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you guys, I know most of you, if y'all don't, shame on you. Um, y'all watch HBO's popular series, Insecure. Mm. So Insecure is about a young lady and her friends, you know, and they are literally around our age, but they are just like figuring it out. And they really do make it look like super, super cool to just be figuring it out. Um, but it's comedy. Um, let's, let's keep some perspective here. <laughs> it's comedy. But, um, what I see on the show is just how, you know, the young lady who once had it all together, uh, what a different six months to make. Well, mm-hmm. we just talking earlier. Um, had it pretty decent. She wasn't happy, right? She had the man. They was in a relationship. She had the job. Um, the job was okay, but there wasn't growth within either. So she made certain changes. Then on the other hand, we got the lawyer, mm-hmm. and she she got the bomb job, right? But she don't got the relationship and she is malfunctioning in terms of her happiness. Wow. So it's like as if these 
kind of societal expectations that are placed upon us sometimes, earlier to your question, Mm -hmm. determine our happiness. Mm -hmm. Like, you can have it all in one aspect. Like, yo, if money... Somebody asked the question, oh, does money make you... um, Can money buy happiness? And somebody was like, no. And then another person was like, you shopping at the wrong place. <laughs> like, let me let me get it and I'll let you know whether or not it's true or not. So you shopping at the wrong place. So, so I think that sometimes societal expectations will have you determining your happiness and, and even healthiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So watching a show kind of gives perspective to kind of one, figuring out is a nonstop thing. No, stability may you know, come at a different rate at a different time. But just figuring it out, that gives way to that that Teddy Roosevelt quote. Mm-hmm. Because we just, like, there's some dumb stuff you did, 29 yeah. um, and younger, right? And then, like, there are some other stuff that is considered wisely dumb you're going to do <laughs> and when you get yeah. older I'm, I was dumb in my 20s but I'm wisely dumb in my 30s. <laughs> so like at the end of the day I think that some expectations that are placed upon us are based on what we see so my question to you Patty in our segment and you can read more about that segment in our Facebook group eat with her don't compete with her it's a private Facebook group join today and Patty, my question for you, I guess it's a two-part question. What is your biggest challenge in turning 30 and or your greatest reward in turning 30? And I'm just asking for a friend, mm. right? Tell your friend stop being so nosy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so my biggest challenge and my reward kind of go hand in hand. Um, the challenge would be to actually stick to putting myself first in certain circumstances in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because <clears throat> like I said earlier, a lot of times I place such an emphasis on making sure everybody around me is good mm-hmm. that I go lacking in certain areas of my life. Mm. So that will be a challenge because it's been such a, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's been, that's been a pattern for me. Mm-hmm. It's consistent. Right. It's, that is consistent in my life. And it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Like making sure people around you are good is a great characteristic to have. But, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. What cost? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my challenge and my reward are the same because in me making that decision to put myself first, the reward of it is like really making things that I do that I do for me to be happy. Hmm. Um, finding out what really makes me happy. Like when I was twenties, you know, making me happy was like you know going out to the club, you <laughs> know, like the typical thing, like going out mm-hmm. to the club, you know, doing like the things we ain't supposed to mm-hmm. be doing. You know, I was so happy when I was in my twenties. Um, a little vulnerability right here, um, but don't judge me. Um, <laughs> what made me happy, right, mm-hmm. was walking around smoking weed with my friends. Ooh, like, that, that was made pure me, joy for her, okay? It was. Like, that, <laughs> that was, like, the best, okay? <laughs> right? We, we, we would walk, like, all over Patterson, no kids in the world, you know, just high, you know? <laughs> just high. <laughs> But 
Now that I'm turning 30, I realize how dumb that was, you know. But at the moment, that's what made me happy. Wow. But turning 30, what makes me happy is coming home on a Sunday and watching movies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, you know, just little things like that, you know. And like I said, I'm doing those things that... um this, my perspective has definitely changed. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it is a challenge, but I'm up for the challenge because I know the reward comes after I get that challenge. Okay. So my question is for you. So you ask for a friend, but I'm not going to ask for a friend. <laughs> I just really want to be nosy. Be straight up you know? nosy. So like 30 does bring about a certain era of adulting. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we 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 grown now, right? You know, it's no more little kid games. You know, mm-hmm. the things that we did in our twenties really gonna take effect a lot more now that we're thirty. Right, you can't just drop it low and exactly. pick it up fast. It comes Girl, up lukewarm. You gonna drop it low? You gonna stay there for a few minutes? <laughs> <laughs> they ask for a little help, like, it's like come through, get like, me up here. You see me struggling, you know, <laughs> you know. So. My question to you is, um, what is the biggest challenge of adulting? And what is the greatest reward of adulting? Okay. The biggest challenge of adulting for me is probably the biggest challenge of um, high school kids, probably. Right now, current high school kids is seeing their faces, seeing the people's faces in many aspects, not just in the the, the physically um, being able to view their faces, but just seeing people's faces um, in the metaphorical sense that of being um, placing too much expectation on what I should be doing versus uh, what I am doing. Mm. Because I think that my purpose and my God-given talent or, or purpose, reason why I was placed on this earth is so unique that a lot of people are not going to understand it. Mm. Therefore, it places me in a, in a box, mm. almost in a sense, um, where... It is, the box is, it's clear for you to see inside, but I need to make it black so I can't see outside. Mm. You know what I mean? They make windows like that, you know what I mean? We can talk about tenant rods and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that sometimes I do see the faces. I do um, feel the pressures. Um for whatever reason, um, I think that I'm better than I used to be, but I still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the process of progressing through that. And the second part of your question was um, the greatest reward of, mm-hmm. a, of adulting. Right. Um, for me, the greatest award of adulting has to be having gotten this far in life like I don't know that I had expectations about how far I would go like I didn't have any oh what does dirty look like and Mm -hmm. like I didn't have a lot of expectations toward my adult future Mm -hmm. you like you know what I'm saying so 
just getting to this point in life um, and feeling accomplished, mm-hmm. uh, it, it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. So I think that's my greatest award, just, just getting to this point and still, still realizing, realizing that I have. I have, I can still dream. I can still aspire. Right. You know, so um, that's that's pretty good for me. Um, and that's and and that is the whole, like the beauty of just life in general. You know, being able to meet those challenging moments, mm-hmm. overcome those challenging moments, being able to find those happy places, and know how to tell people this is what makes me happy. Right. You know, being able to look at adulthood and see that it's not just even though Lord knows if we could take away bills, like that would be like <laughs> the best. But at the end of the day, like, you know, like, you know, not looking at their faces, as you said, and like, you right. know, just being comfortable where you are, knowing that's where God placed you. Right. And you're going to, you know, make a strong impact on the world because Edogapi is going somewhere. OK, come on now. You're going to read about us. Okay? Yeah. So, so with the adulting thing, we're about to just lay to rest some of these things that people say is elite. Right. Okay? Right. As it pertains to our title that I haven't arrived yet, I am not late. So one of those being... We're going to take this to the justice committee and tell them it's done. Okay? <laughs> it's done. It's done. Societal Justice Committee. So here are the six... Myths you need to take out of your vocabulary, out of your vernacular. So one of the things being number one, if you aren't married by 30, you You ain't ain't late. late. If you hadn't had children by 28, you You ain't late. late. If you aren't in the career of your dreams by 30, you You ain't ain't late. late. If you aren't driving the dream car by 35, you you ain't late. If you haven't brought the house yet, you You ain't ain't late. If you haven't finished college yet, you you ain't late. Okay. See, so take that out of your vocabulary. Take that out of your mind. Rearrange your thinking. Take these stinking thoughts out of there. So when we were thinking about those things to affirm and keeping your vocabulary and change your mind, we were also thinking about what are some of the myths about 30 that it's old, first of all, because don't, 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 don't come to me and <laughs> say that it's old. When I was a teenager, I did, was like, mm, when 30, ooh, you up there. Um, wow. I see it right here. Um, but now it's not, it's not that. It's mm-hmm. not that situation. You're, right. you're not old, okay? Because I want you to know that 30-year-old wine, it get finer with time. <laughs> <laughs> she out here busting raps out here. Lyrics, sign her today. Her name is P. Niffy. No, you didn't. Drop some mic. All right. Um, delete all that. All right. <laughs> so, another myth about 30. If you're not married, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, quite the contrary, if you're married, you're set. Come on now. Chill out. Chill yeah, out. Yeah. Next one. If you have not solidified your dream career, life as you know is financially over. Mm. And if you have solidified your dream career, life as you know it is financially lit. 
That's that's a not lie. <laughs> Lies. If you have kids, you're good. Now I know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no kids. And I know, that's, I know a that's a lot. If you don't have kids, don't worry about it. You're not late, remember. And if you don't have your life figured out by now, you're doomed. No. Not true. Nah. So, what are the three facts, Patty, about 30s? One is at 30, you shouldn't view the world the same as you did when you were 20. Come on now. Evolution has to be televised, or at least on this here podcast. You better know it. And that complacency and procrastination are not your friends. Something you should have figured out by 30. You better know it. So don't allow these myths that we busting out um, have you moving into a mind frame of, oh, I'm good. No, you still have some responsibilities Mm -hmm. and accountabilities to who you are and who you can be. Right, because I haven't arrived yet means you're in motion. Yes, you're in pursuit, okay? Right, exactly. So what's the last and one? And then it is a new chapter in the book of adulthood. And you are more aware and in control of your story than you were in your 20s. Hmm. Take the will. Take the pen. Hmm. Okay, so, Patty, take us off. <laughs> Grab your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Listen, right? She woke up different, okay? All right? Done with trying to figure out who was with her, Mm -hmm. against her, or walking down the middle because they didn't even have the guts to pick a side. She was done with anything that didn't bring her peace. Mm -hmm. She realized that opinions were a dime a dozen. Validation was for parking. Come on. And loyalty wasn't a word, but a lifestyle. Lifestyle. And this day, her life changed. Mm -hmm. And not because of a man or what? a job, mm-hmm. but because she realized that life was way too short to leave the keys to her happiness in someone else's pocket. That can preach. Come on. That could Give preach. My <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, like we say every time, the conversation is never over. So head over to our closed Facebook group designed specifically with you in mind. And the question of the day is... So what is one late that we mentioned earlier within the podcast that you are going to take out of your life right now and why? Leave those comments in the closed Facebook group. We can't wait to talk to you. And this was another episode of Eat With Her. Don't compete with her. And it's your girl, Jazz. And it's your girl, Patty. Peace out. out.